gabagoogram and something with fat and nitrates. Hey, hey, <laughs> Gabriel, it says we're down here for the gabagool. The gabagool. Huh? The gabagool. The gabagool. The gabagool. We had sandwiches brought in the other night. Forward ham, salami, gabagool. Taking the gabagool and shit out of the fridge. Gabagool. Over here. All this from a slice of gabagool. Let's get back to that gabagool. Welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only and best left of Sopranos podcast. My name is John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. My two co-hosts, Rachel and Ben, have never seen The Sopranos before. What we do is we take, uh, we are going through the series episode by episode and watching it and reviewing it from a leftist perspective. Uh, and I am excited to be joined virtually, as always, uh, by Rachel. Hi. And Ben. Hey, what's up? Uh, and today we are talking about season two, episode one of The Sopranos, which is Happy called New Gal- Year. <laughs> what? <laughs> Happy New Year. It's the new season. It's, uh, it's the new season. The first season of, uh, first episode of season two, um, which is called Guy Who Walks Into the Psychiatrist's Office. We mm-hmm. actually tried to record this episode before and it didn't work, or no? That was a different episode. No, that was a different no, that was episode. The finale. Okay. Yeah. Fuck me. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, first impressions about this episode. Yeah, it was really good. There's a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, it was super good. I have like two full pages of notes. Okay, nice. (laughs) Very excited then. All right. Well, let's get into a guy who walks into a psychiatrist's office. Um, We open with a montage sort of catching us up on what everybody's been up to. Um, What did you guys think of the opening montage here anything strike out at you gratuitous titties well yeah it is hbo (laughs) (laughs) just some real solid sturdy tits um but yeah (laughs) the i like this is the only time like this is how montages should be they should give you new information it shouldn't just be like fun and funny it's like there was a lot we saw like so the fbi has labeled tony as the street boss instead of a capo dr melfi's working at a motel aj is looking grown up he's got a new kind of mature look these are all really important things to know in this sure. oh he's still hitting with the with some gumar and polly is tony. having sex fully clothed <laughs> tony is still having sex with arena who was that? Was that Irina? I thought so. I think so. Uh, I don't remember. I don't Unless remember. there's a... I don't know. I'm glad to see that that's still going. <laughs> Are you? The, the most stable, best relationship in the show? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, right on. Worth noting that Dr. Melfi's patient... Uh, in the montage is Terrence Winter, uh, who later goes on to write Mad Men and is a writer on this show. Um, anyway, mm. just a little, uh, little. I don't even know if you'd call it a cameo, just kind of a like, we need somebody, Terrence, get in front of the camera. And judging on what he produced with Mad Men, he definitely fucking needed some therapy from Dr. Melfi. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. Uh, this is our, our Mad Men podcast. <laughs> Fuck Mad Men. Where we talk about... Show. Boy, me too. They say that Seinfeld is a show about nothing, but boy, oh boy, is that show about nothing. Whatever fuck that's in that show, except busy businessmen who love business. Are you talking about mm-hmm. Mad Men? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's nothing going on. Fuck that show. 
Nothing happens in that show. Hold on a uh, one guy hangs himself like seven seasons in, and then up until that, okay. nothing happens, and after that, nothing happens. So big disagree on that one. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on with Peggy, with uh, January Jones' character. I mean, like that. What the fuck do you think a TV show is? It's about people's lives. It's not. I mean, it's when stuff happens and nothing happens. Right. What, this oh, is, I'm not John's getting. John's mad at <laughs> the cigarettes. John. The whole thing about. Has- <laughs> about 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 he's got a, a secret identity that is immediately thrown out the fucking window. Uh, it's I don't like that show. Nothing happened. Roger Sterling has blackface parties. Who cares? <laughs> so a lot of hot takes right off the bat. None of which are about the show we're focusing on. Uh, quarantine's so, doing great. We're all doing amazing. <laughs> Yes. So let's see. We've got like what else do we see? We see uh, Olivia is doing her rehab in the montage. We see uh, what do we see with Meadow? Do we is she in the montage at all? I don't remember. I just wrote down yeah, montage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah, that was a that was a good that was a good montage. So it opens back up. Um, what are we doing when uh, I think Tony's going to go check the mail? Tony's going to get the newspaper, uh, which is how season one opens. And spoiler alert, every season opens with Tony going to get the newspaper. Whoa. Mm. God Uh, damn it. Now I know that Tony exists through all the seasons. (laughs) Way to ruin it. (laughs) I was expecting him to get knocked off like soon. uh, (sighs) You don't know how TV shows work. (laughs) Right. Because fucking prestige TV takes like eight seasons to tell a story that could be told in one. Boy, we are real (laughs) mad at like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we want to watch other shit anyway <laughs> all right uh so yeah tony goes out to get the newspaper and uh who is there but our old friend with a funny name bp bpb big pussy bumping Cero, uh hops yeah, out of his car and tony is like starts running up the hill uh kate bush style big pussy style like when big pussy ran from the cup um speaking of kate bush big pussy now um oh. yeah, i'm gonna cut that out uh, no, that not. was supposed no. to be just a reference to her name no uh anyway <laughs> okay so anyway uh tony's like what the fuck where have you been uh and, and tony's like our and pussy's like look let's let's go inside let's talk about it and uh please tell me you won't kill me in there so they go in they go to the basement and pussy tells a story about how he was in puerto rico at some rehab facility for his back which uh, okay like cool uh, he had to go to a, a back rehab place in Puerto Rico. Started fucking on this girl down there. Pissed off. Twenty six years old. Mm-hmm. And as a twenty six year old, I watched this scene, and man, it was hard to believe. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I swear to God, like I, I could not believe a single minute of this fucking conversation. Story. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah. Tony, he's. He's quick to believe it. He, uh, you know, he pats him down for wires. He doesn't have one. Pisses pussy off, and pussy's trying to get back in and, and get going. Well, he does give. Uh, it cut out there for me for a second, so I don't know if you just said this, but he does give pussy the hug with the back pat, pat oh, him yeah. down, looking for a wire. Um, he calls him a tan ghost, which I thought mm-hmm. was funny. Yeah, uh, uh, the tan ghost. Uh, yeah. But then um, we, we later see that he has had. 
Polly check out his alibi, and Polly says that it all checked out. So I guess the pussy's back. Yeah, and, and the back, thing is, ready, baby, been, and ready for action. Yeah. So the let's next, see. We also so we also have an explanation as to how the family's been operating, and uh, and Polly drops off a new fella. Who's this new fella? Ray. Philly. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he drops off. I think it's Ray to take care of. No, no, no. It's not Pussy. It's uh, it's Polly. Polly drops him off at the airport because he has is Polly's favorite bag, which, which it looks like a piece of shit. Right, but mm-hmm. Polly, who doesn't have any children, of course, his big concern is his bag. Um, so uh, yeah, he drops him off to Cap Philly Boy Barisi, um, who's in Junior's crew, and who, uh, yeah, you have a little bit of uh voice over here as Tony explains that Philly boy is running things while Junior's locked up. So Tony um, has uh, has Philly boy Barisi whack and sort of uh, uh, a overly convoluted plot of dropping yes. this guy off at the airport and then Philly boy is going to pick him up as if he just got off a plane uh, mm-hmm. but really he didn't uh, and I don't know we've seen guys just like like the the big murder to end the last season was uh, old oh, what's his face that we hate so much Mikey Palmese Mikey Palmese they just like hunt mm-hmm. him down us. Yeah, I don't know it seems overly convoluted but that's what the Tony Soprano crew does I guess yeah, um, yeah. so uh, yeah that's that's a, a murder there to start off start the it off but we get we get something that I think is going to come up throughout the whole story which is Philly Boy is blabbing about how about the hit on Tony or the attempted hit right. on Tony and um, uh, you know it, amazing again that this that this thing is continuing to you know putting this woman in the nursing home is continuing to have ramifications rippling through this crime world right right um so now uh you know it it just and it also just shows that tony is still at war with uncle jr um and is like basically mopping up whoever he has left yeah um so how do we want to go through this episode do we want to stick with the tony stuff his next chronologically is chris's new gig in the boiler room yeah let's talk about the the boiler room all right so, um, so yeah so the se- season opens well, with uh yeah with chris actually uh hiring uh, a body double to uh <laughs> to take the, the damn uh stockbrokers licensing exam or whatever i don't know what it's called but uh, uh apparently series it's seven been- he's taking a series seven which is his stock boat broker test thing it's like yeah. the bar exam for stockbrokers basically yeah um yeah and, and of course, classes. yeah, of course they hired an uh which seems <laughs> very fitting with the Tony's crew. That they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll get a smart Asian guy to take the test for Chris. Mm-hmm. So they do. Uh, so yeah, Chris is the SEC compliance officer for, it's basically like a boiler room scheme. Um, if you haven't seen Explain. that movie with a young Vin Diesel, check that out. Boiler Room. Yeah, if you uh, also, if you recall, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, which, uh, excellent movie. It's, right. uh, it's, Boiler it's Room is also, pal. yeah, Boiler Room is also based on that same guy, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. His firm that would like pump and dump penny mm-hmm. stocks. And that's what's going on here. Uh, it looks like they... And did uh, you want to talk about pump and dumps? I do want to talk about pump and dumps. So basically the idea is you're going to... Be the girl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> going to develop a uh, a, a developed demand and an otherwise worthless uh, 
uh, stock. And in you're this going case, to... it's called Webistic. Webistics. 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 Which would be statistics on the web, which, you know, actually would probably make a shitload of money. How do you know it's not logistics? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I think it is pronounced differently at different points in the episode. I Web-istics. swear at some points they call it Lubistics with an L. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes it is webistics. Uh, <laughs> I think the script may have had a rewrite or something. I don't know. Uh, I think it yeah. might actually be on purpose because you know it. It doesn't matter. They're just trying to make this thing that that nobody cares about you know seem more important than it is, so that they can uh, you know drive the price of the stock up so that they can, you know, eventually sell it. Problem is, is that, you know, there's somebody at this this call center, at this boiler room, who's actually, uh, you know, who's going off script and he's, at, you know, recommending a handful of other stocks. And these two fucking goons catch him, dump a bunch of hot coffee on him and beat the shit out of him. And so... Matt- Bellalacqua and Sean, I can't remember his last name, um, but they're basically like Chris's Chris. Um, yeah, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm actually very excited to have them on the show. Like, not on our show, although that'd be great. But I'm excited that they're new characters because they're such fucking idiots. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to provide a lot of comedic comic relief. Yeah, they, they seem like the over-eager pledges of a, you know... Definitely. A, <laughs> so. They're like fangirling over Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, but so we meet them in, in this first scene and they just beat the shit out of this guy for not pushing lobistics or yeah. webistics. Or um, and while Chris and Adriana have gone down the shore mm-hmm. uh, and Chris is cutting out early and leaving these two dumb fucks in charge. Um, the next scene, uh, six pops back up and we see that Tony had, uh, recommended the, um, had recommended the stock to, uh, to his attorney or something or that's Uncle right. Junior's attorney. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, his, his attorney. Yeah. Okay. And we get the news that, um, so anyway, that's, that's just the next part about the Webistics to show that it's actually working. So, um, right. So Tony gets, uh, gets word that, uh, these two dickheads beat the hell out of that guy. Uh, they're creating a scene and, um, and Tony meets up with Chris and says, look, Chris, the way we do this, you know, we've got to we've got to slowly create demand. We can't just make everybody do it all at once because that's going to you know, make it way too obvious that we're fucking people over, that we're carrying out the scheme. Chris kind of gets it. Um, and I don't remember, does that, does that scene happen before or after the, um, the round table with Adriana and Chris? And, I think it happens um, before. I think it's before, yeah, that he sits down with Matt and Sean yeah. and is... And has them explain the scheme to him, uh, which I think is 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 decent, right? Like a writing thing to explain it to the audience, but also it fits with Chris's character that, yeah. like, even though these guys are dumb, they still know, uh, they still understand this a little bit about this stuff. I do think it's um, that Tony, the king of subtlety, is instructing Chris to make his goons be more subtle. Like, you fucking, in the first episode of this show, beat up a dude outside, like, a busy business <laughs> park, right. like, office park. Like, I... <laughs> it's very funny to me. Definitely, yeah. He's he's counseling Chris uh, impulse control. What do we talk about? Impulse right. control. And <laughs> it's like, you're the worst at impulse control. Yeah. But, okay. Um, so so then, then, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, sure. So, um, so this whole time, like these guys are are trying to impress Chris, and they're trying to you know get in with the Tony Soprano crew, uh, and, and eventually they end up meeting. They go to dinner with 
with Chris and Adriana. And Chris and Adriana are fighting over just an absolutely banal thing, right? Like he, she left, he left the gas stove on, and she's still pissed off at him over that. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I know what happens is really fucked up. Like what Chris does to Adriana, but no. But okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. But uh, you know, I Adrian told me that this would come up in almost this exact way. It's like, come on. Like, we're going to go out to dinner. You know, like, we don't have to go out. You don't have to come with me. But if you are going to come out, like, like let's not fight in front of these guys. Whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, you, Chris, uh, it, don't smack the shit out of your woman. Nobody smack your woman. No, just don't do it. Don't smack your woman. Well, also, so what she's mad at him about is he did leave, he left the gas on on the stove. Well, he mm-hmm. was cooking his heroin up. Um, and so he's also like embarrassed because she's like, they don't care if you're a junkie or whatever. Uh, that's what really sends him over the edge. Um, and then she hits him first? No, he hits her no? first. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. She's, he slaps the shit out of her. It's not mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> of course, it's not okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then she hits him and leaves. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty... Uh, so now we know that Chris is like... It's sort of hinted at maybe in the first season a little bit, but now we see like she's calling him like a junkie like he's clearly on that h um and it's got his fucking talents in him yeah i mean we see him passed out in the in the office you know yeah so yeah and and while uh uh we do advocate drug use heroin is probably uh you should probably stay away from heroin don't do heroin yeah yeah you're not fucking miles davis Uh, just don't do heroin i think i'm pretty expressly anti-drug uh i think i'm pretty pro drunk driving though so Okay. Oh, God. Uh, okay. But yeah, so this did remind me of like awkward dinners and stuff you've been to where the other couple has clearly had a fight on the way to the dinner or something. Like it's clearly not okay. I, I did mm-hmm. totally sympathize with, I mean, I've never been at a dinner where the dude has just hauled up and slapped the shit out of the woman. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I did I did feel for Matt and Sean in that moment because that is so awkward to sit and, and like the tension. Yeah. Get a knife or whatever. And yeah, that's awful. I mean, I, not as I awful mean, as like, abuse, but. It's one of those, one of those little situations that you don't miss when you're in quarantine, you know? So that's basically the end of the Chris story, right? Yep. Okay. So now let's, let's go into the Tony story. So Tony, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you got a little bit of Tony, uh, pussy's back. Tony is cleaning house. Um, he counsels Chris about impulse control. Um, and then I think, so the next big thing that I have is Tony and Carm at his mother's house. Okay. Yeah. Is that Olivia's house? Well, right. well, no, right. I did, it, I we haven't talked about Janice yet at all. We haven't. Yeah. We got to talk right. about Janice. What did so you guys Janice? think about? What did you guys think about Janice's older sister, younger sister? Yeah. She's annoying. Um, oh my god she's a little annoying but she's definitely not as annoying as like most of the people on this show right well like as far as like you know uh as far as some of the uh, female characters on the show she's definitely uh lower tier you know what what do you mean by that i mean like uh carmela is is still good uh livia sucks 
Meta was good. Um, who else is there? Oh, the the like, Melfi. Yeah, there's Melfi. Uh, She's okay. Adriana. Anyway, the point Advocates is... giving so, math to teens. Yeah, um, we don't, we don't stand. Okay, <laughs> all right. She's so, doing all right, so hold on. his partner. Janice is coded almost immediately as like a scammer. Um, yes, in multiple ways. She's come to she's come to the to Tony's house to scam him and his family. She's scamming the government by having the state of Washington pay for her therapy, even though like that's fucking dumb. Um, yeah, she's a scammer. She's a hippie. She's kind of a a bit of a a new age uh, loser. That and what's the condition that she has? Epstein Bar. <laughs> Epstein Barr. Rachel. She's on the flight logs. What's up? Tell us about the Epstein Barr connection. So, weird that this would come up now. Um, Epstein Barr is a disease in which... You're a pedophile. Jeffrey Epstein (laughs) has... No, I don't know. Isn't it a type of mono or something? (laughs) No, it's, it's when your father... Uh, who was the uh, the headmaster of the Dalton School in Manhattan? Hires and hires a uh, two time college dropout to teach mathematics, who then gets a job at Bear Stearns and then uh, becomes an international financier and uh, pedophile who runs a ring who gets arrested uh, for child sexual abuse, uh, who then gets uh, who then gets suicided in a. Uh, federal prison or federal jail under the uh, purview of the uh, William Barr, the attorney general. And that, and that qualifies you for full. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. So we all know what Epstein Barr is now. Uh, uh, No, Rachel, you're right. It is a form of, of mono. Uh, At least that's what the government would have you believe. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, <laughs> shout out Truanon, shout out Brace, shout out Chomsky. I don't know. I'm a little mad at Brace right now because he's he's like trying to get uh, uh, Azalea Banks, Azalea Banks on, the on the podcast, and I think that that <laughs> is stooping a little too low. But anyway, mm, okay. Shout out Liz, of course. Liz, the cool-headed one of the group, yeah. much like me. Actually, weird that we bring this up. It's kind of like I'm the Liz of the cast. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. crazy okay <laughs> um oh one thing i loved about the scene with janice is that they immediately like she there's tony says you you look good and she said he says you look young you look like a teenager or something and and she goes my therapist says i'm regressing <laughs> and it's like, it's very perfect. <laughs> Absolutely what Tony, something Tony would say. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, she does have the terrible uh, Rolling Stones tattoo. Oh, it's so bad. It's very bad. It's prominently placed on her breast. It's uh, diagonal. She wears like, a low cut top so you can see it. Yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. bad placement. It's bad work. Um and, and yeah, I think like they did a very good job. I think casting this character. Yeah. Um, and immediately, like you know what she's about immediately. Like she's like a hip Rachel, right? Nick. She's like a hippie type. She's a scammer. Um, she's a no good Nick. Yeah. 
Anything else we want to say about... Yeah, she's Tony without the... Um, she's exactly like Tony. Yeah, she's like Tony, but trying to do it in a way that she feels okay about. She's like a low stakes Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then from... from so we're, we're introduced to Janice at the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to the... Uh, well, to then Olivia's house. About mom. Yeah, well, right, right. And, and there's the, <laughs> she's dead to me. Yeah, she's dead to me. That's something that he's going to repeat several times uh, to multiple different people. Uh, they're sort of organizing a uh, a welcome home party or whatever, a family reunion for um, for Janice having come back, and they're also going to be having Carmela's parents over. Uh, who apparently haven't uh, set foot in that house since Livia did some just outrageous shit or said horrible things to her, which totally out of character, Livia. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the... So they're at the the showing. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the with the house. Apparently some kids have, like, broken into it. It's unsecured. There's, there's graffiti. There's broken windows. Carmela says to Tony, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you to go to the, to the pork store to get some more sausage and he he goes oh yeah sweeter sweeter spicy how much uh, i was like that's very you know good for him offering to get like, a <laughs> bunch of sausage <laughs> but anyway so you know they're gonna sell it they're, which to me sort of interrupted th- this is a little bit of an interruption for me because last uh, last year or last season i remember tony going into green grove and, and speaking with the uh with the administrator and saying oh i'm selling the house or i've sold the house or something right and so that was that was a big point of of issue that Livia, you know, that Livia was upset with Tony over was because like, I, you know, you're just going to sell this house out from under me, you know, pretend like I'm dead already. Uh, and I think that may have contributed to her decision to pull the strings with Junior a little bit. They haven't even fucking sold the house. So that, uh, yeah, um, and either they're retconning that he sold the house or I'm misremembering or he lied about selling the house. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, like the way that whole thing went down, like it sounded like there was no way in hell they could have sold the house that quickly because like they, Tony, it wasn't even on Tony's radar. And then Tony tells the administrator, by the way, I'm selling the house or I've sold the house or whatever. Oh, okay. Here's what it was. He tells the administrator they had an offer on the house. Oh. So okay. maybe the offer fell through. That certainly happens in real estate. John, real estate corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We did that when we made an offer on a house, and uh, we ended up uh, backing out on it, uh, and it sucked, and we lost a bunch of money. But the house had also like leaky pipes and shit in it. Anyway, that's a long story. Yeah, fuck get your house people. inspected, folks. That's my real estate corner. Uh, if you're gonna buy a house, get it fucking inspected because it saved us from losing a ton of fucking money, mm-hmm. uh, more money than we did end up. But yeah. So speaking of little decisions or big de- decisions that can have a huge impact on your life, the decision to call the hit on Tony was based in part on Tony and Livia not communicating about the status of the house. Right. So, but anyway, so, so we're now to understand the house isn't sold. Um, and, uh, uh, Tony is very, uh, upset about the condition he's eager of the to, house. Yeah. He's eager to get it you know, sold and move on. And he, he sees Janice swooping in as, as trying to take over the house and freeloading off his mom, which mm-hmm. to me, insane. In Saying why? Why do you care? You don't care, right? Can you care? He can't care. There's no way he can care. But anyway, the point is, he's yeah. like, I see this come. I, you know, she's coming in here. She's gonna ask me for money. She's gonna ask me to fix up that car. She's gonna ask me to, you know, to give her a bunch of money. And then she's gonna take the house from mom and and move mm-hmm. off her. She's just a mooch. And it's like, who the fuck cares, man? Like, why do you I give think- a shit? 
I think as the ultimate like person who plays people, he does not like to be played. You know what I mean? Like he's the scammer. He doesn't like to get scammed. Right. It's like uh, in basketball, a team that plays zone defense doesn't like to have his own defense thrown on them. They don't react well to it. Perfect analogy. Bingo. Perfect yeah. analogy. Uh, but yeah, I think his thing is like, I see her coming. I know exactly what she's going to do. I know the moves that she's going to make. But I think to him, it's kind of inevitable. Like he knows like he's going to end up playing into it maybe. Yeah, but like it, like just make peace with it. Play along. Get both of these people. Like that to me is just such a great like, I'm totally on Janice's side where it's like, let me make peace with my mom uh, and I'll take care of her. You've done everything that you need to do so far. Um, so just, you know, uh, like, I, I know where you're coming from. You've been, you know, you've had to put up with a lot. It's my turn to, to take over. And if I'm Tony, go, go with God, right? Sure. I will right. certainly see how that plays out. <laughs> One of the things I want to point out in this scene is that uh, Tony and Carm have a little discussion where Carm is trying to get him to go back to therapy, saying how moody he's yeah. been. And they haven't been her. fucking again. <laughs> yeah. Tony's not horny in this episode. Um, but he was fucking Arena. True. So maybe that's why he's not fucking Carm. But no, I, I think Carm is trying to take care of him again and, and, uh, and pointing out that like he needs therapy, um, which we see later. But um, anyway. So. so that's coming up. He, I think he does, he tries to reach back out to Melfi, who's been handling her clientele in the hotel room. Whoa, and hold on. Uh, oh, uh, okay. And Melfi's like, dude, uh, you know, you've been watching me, you've been spying on me. And so they, um, you know, she's pretty clear with him, like, you know, leave me the fuck alone. He stalks her and he, he finds her eating at a at a diner. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause you, you skipped, you skipped some important beats here in the Tony story before we get to that. Cause Tony's going to have, he has panic attack. Oh yeah. yeah. He's driving the suburban listening to smoke on the water. The first song that everyone li- learns Fucking on guitar. Ridiculous. He is jamming the fuck out. dude. <laughs> yeah. He's looking uh, so happy. Yeah. Tony loves to listen to music in his car. And there's some really great funny scenes of that. Uh, especially later in this season, there's a funny scene of him listening to Steely Dan. But um, I'm like ruining all my like no spoilers, but those aren't important. Anyway, so yeah, so he has a panic attack. He passes out behind the wheel. He runs into the little protector bars that are in front of a electrical component housing thing. Uh, trans, uh, bah, 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 I can't remember what that's called. Anyway, a transformer. Transformer. Robots in disguise. Uh, yes. He runs into Optimus Prime. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, Tony. <laughs> That was a good one. That was good. (laughs) And that's all Optimus Prime said to him. Yeah, he just said, Tony. (laughs) That would give me a Oh, Bumblebee. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a really bad, badly done car crash. Like, it's like the Suburban just sort of like rolls into. Yeah, well, he's on, I mean. He's on back streets. He's not on the highway or any. Uh, and yeah, he's there's, just kind of tooling around. There's no crush to the front of the car. It's just like roll, 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 boop. 
and then airbag, <laughs> like, and then Tony yeah. passed out on the on the steering wheel or on the airbag. Yeah, and they set up a good sort of visual language that comes back of like everything sort of like slowing down and like doubled and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. of what it looks like when his panic response starts to kick in. Um, so then after that, Tony goes to tries to go to therapy with someone else. Uh, I'm gonna call him Doctor Denim. Yes, because he because he's is, wearing an insane denim outfit. And a bolo tie in fucking New Jersey. Um, you know what? You gotta respect the drip. And so, but uh, but we don't know that at first. Like we see just Tony talking, and you're like, oh, he's back in therapy with Dr. Melfi. He listened to Carm, uh, and then this car accident, you know, put him back. In. And then you know, zoom out. Oh shit! It's Dr. Denim. Um, and uh, he talks like about Mr. Spears. Like I'm not. I know who you are. I'm not fucking taking you on. I'm not seeing new clients. Uh, and interestingly enough, says that he's seen Analyze This and he doesn't want to be part of it. <laughs> Funny that Analyze This is a part of this universe. We talked about that early on in the season in season one, that it they kind of basically have the same premise. And I think this is the writers going, because Tony says, that's a comedy. Uh, and so I think that's the writers saying, like, stop comparing these two things. They're very different. <laughs> well... Little tip to the writers, if you have to say it, maybe <laughs> there's some merit to it. Right. Yep. Speak um, Speak on it. <laughs> so, yeah, so he refuses to, to treat Tony. Um, and then, uh, oh, hold on for a sec, because my battery is dying in my headset. Can we pause for like yeah. two seconds? Okay, don't stop recording. I'll be right back. All right, I'm good. Sorry about that. Okay, so okay. we were so we finally got to um, we finally got to Melfi. We're at the dinner scene with or diner scene with Melfi, right? No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I want so to talk ne- about that. <laughs> I know. We'll get to it. Um, so next we have the party for Janice, the like family gathering, family reunion, mm-hmm. where it's like, Livia's gone. Let's all get together. Uh, and we meet Carm's parents for the first time, mm. uh, who revealed the awful shit that Livia told Carm at her wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was that marrying Tony was a mistake Tony would get over her. Bored with her. Get bored with her. Which, now, here's a question. Is that not true? Well, it's totally not true. Do you remember that? Well, okay, let's revisit that when we get to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so everybody's over, um, and um, we meet Tony's other sister for the first time, Barb, and her husband, and their kids, and... Um, and Barb is cool i like barb barb is cool yeah she's like just let tony take care of it we we were bad you stay out of this shit fuck this shit right um and then we also uh oh yeah okay this is also where uh tony finds out that janice was hiding the real estate sign in her car oh yeah uh, and goes fucking apoplectic, Looney Tunes bonkers, um, and is like, I should fucking bounce her head against the wall. Um, Makes sense. Normal way to handle it. Right. It's like, she's going to make us pay for her pillow and her car and the, the house and the video and all that. That really pissed me off because, Tony, you're fucking rich, dude. Like, fucking pay for your sister's fucking pillow. I just think that's, like, very obnoxious. Yeah. And I think. Like, I think it was uh, exaggerated because it's to underscore Tony's need to get back in therapy. Exactly. Like, right. And that's what Carm says to it, too. Like, look at yourself. Like, people are over. Like, go out in the backyard, have a beer. Like, you've got to go back to therapy. <laughs> and God damn, sake. like, like I'm, I'll bring this up later, but like, I so want to go to Tony's house, you know, 
and hang out right there. That looked like so much fun. It did look like a lot of fun. God damn it. I'm, I miss shit like that so bad. Right. I think he could use a bigger grill, I'll say. Mm-hmm. He has this tiny grill, which looks ridiculous when all these gigantic fucking mob bosses stand over it. He's old school. He's got like the old school Weber dome yeah. grill. Um, he cooks on charcoal uh, like a real man. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah. So here at the at the uh, picnic at the what do you call it the uh, party or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Tony starts picking up on some weird vibes from uh, Pussy. And, yes. And uh, and like I don't I don't think I liked this part of the show because it's it's a bit heavy handed, but uh, but Tony starts to think that that there's something sinister about about Pussy and what Pussy's been telling him, and and he's not ready to confront him about it, but he's just being an asshole too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Pussy uh, is just like standing over the grill cooking and it like triggers Tony's panic response, which we see earlier in the episode when he has the car crash. Um, and it's like, Oh, what's going on with Pussy? Pussy also tells the joke about his, uh, Oh, look, my wife's here. Oh no, that's the neighbor's St. Bernard. Yeah. Horrible joke. <laughs> <sighs> um, <laughs> So that is the that's the sort of the family gathering scene. Um, then next, I have that Tony goes to meet Melfi at the diner. Fuck, god damn. Go ahead, Ben. You've been chomping it. Yeah. So so this is where you know where Tony you know Tony's mania is getting to him, where he's he's explaining that nobody nobody got killed because of Melfi, and Melfi's like, well, that's not true. Like, I, you know, my patient, I had a patient commit suicide because I wasn't able to see her, um, and you know, like you don't understand the full extent of your actions mm-hmm. and how they affect other people, and you're never going to understand it. And I'm never going to take you back on because you you cause harm to people, and I can't be a part of it. And she tells him to leave her alone. She leaves, and Tony gets sad. He goes outside. He stands in front of the diner for a minute and goes home. He sits down with Carm. Carm <laughs> asks if he's a little hungry. And then she makes him a giant fucking bowl. Yeah, a giant <laughs> bowl of past. Giant, Just, underlined, huge fucking bowl of pasta. <laughs> Which she does not microwave for long enough, I'll say. No, mm-hmm. not for how big it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we pick up the 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 uh, the most important thing uh, in this episode, <laughs> like how long uh, the pasta. Right, as yeah. usual, and, and the serving size is ridiculous. It is. Did it we... is like a fucking mixing bowl. Yes, like serving dish full of pasta. It is too much. <laughs> um, yeah, and that is the end of the episode. Did we see? Livia in this episode at all? Yeah, because um yes. yeah. And Livia's still acting very fishy. Um, you know, she's like I it's hard to know. Janice is trying to convince Tony that she is just, you know, that she's basically suffered from a stroke and she barely understands what's going on. And she's, you know, yes, she's a horrible person, but right now she's a she's an old woman coming out of a medical, you know, problem and she, you know, we have to take care of her. And Tony's like, I'm not buying it. <laughs> right. Um, and uh yeah, so we do see her when Janice goes to visit Livia. Um there's she's talking to Livia. Uh, and Livy goes, at night they hit us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, elder abuse is a real thing. 
and obviously is bad. Uh, but this is just Olivia being manipulative again. And it's so just blatant um, that it's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does uh, does she also give, does Meadow visit her in this scene too? In this scene, I think or this Meadow does visit her in this episode. I think that's part of the, so he, she gets the ring this episode. I oh think. yeah. Olivia gives her yeah. grandmother's ring, uh, gives Meadow like an old family heirloom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she's being, she's still being manipulative um, even from her, Fucking even from the fucking stroke ward. Yeah. So good to Classic see that something never changed. Right. Um I guess that's all the important points of this yeah. of this episode. So who's horny? <laughs> in the episode. Uh Polly, right? I mean I have, Polly and Tony. Yeah, Polly Polly is horny. Uh he has sex in the scene in the montage. And he's also at the dinner. He's horny for Shelly Hack when they mention hackers. Oh my God. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Shelly Hack, the actress, one of the actors from Charlie. So deeply upsetting to just grab your fucking junk in front of an entire family reunion cookout. (laughs) And we know it's a big old dick. And we know it's a huge dick. Do you think Janice and Polly fuck? I feel like there's something about to happen there. Well, she says I think they already... Yeah, Janice said, and she's like, oh my God, Polly Galtieri, he's not dead yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a little sus. Mm -hmm. Little sus. I'm going to put a pin in that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, and then, uh, let's see, who else is horny? I think Carm might be a little horny in this episode. Mm, Yeah, Carm's a little bit. I think for me, Polly is the horny. Yeah. I think Carm is frustrated. Continuously. She's frustrated. Yeah. She's not getting that pussy eight. She's not even getting bad sex. She's getting no sex. Yeah. Which like relatable right now for some of us. Just one of us, I guess. But uh, (laughs) I was... I was watching uh, the the show, and I will say that, like, usually, you know, it's the, this Polly and Tony fucking, like, these clearly, like, uh, women who ha- clearly have fake tits. The tits are barely moving. Doesn't generally do anything for me, but I will say, maybe I'm horniest this episode. <laughs> but I was like, else is damn, doing? that actually looks great. <laughs> I would love to, to, never mind. <laughs> no. So if you two are horny in uh, the Piedmont triad, DM Rachel. No. no. <laughs> She's self-quarantining. Yeah. Well, I'm saving all the energy up for when we can go out again, and then I'm just going to, like, fuck. <laughs> you see, like, about that, like, like uh, if I were single... Uh, you know, I don't know how, like, like, I'm already a little bit, you know, nervous around people now, you know, over this quarantine. And like, I don't know if I'd be rushing to, you know, jump people's bones, you know, like, I'm just not, I'm a little, uh, little freaked out. That's very honorable. I have, no. No, yeah. <laughs> uh that's you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but yeah i'm probably yeah. going to be very reckless well um please please be safe um <laughs> okay uh, oh my Thank god you, all ben. right so- 
<laughs> so, uh, so the next bit is Thank what you, do you want in your mouth? Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, I want the sausages that they're grilling out mm. at the family dinner that uh, Big Pussy is grilling. They looked very good. They look like real ass butcher sausages. They're all like coiled up on the grill. Mm. That looked very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what you, I, Rachel, I want, want sausage in my I mouth. want that microwave pasta, baby. Mm-hmm. That should, yeah. I, you know, sometimes pasta, like reheated pasta is actually very good and yummy. It's better the next day because it yeah. marinates in the sauce. Ooh, yeah. Ben, what do you want in your mouth? Well, was this the episode where Tony was sitting on the um, sitting on the lip of the pool, smoking a cigar, just hanging out by himself? I think that's the next episode. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, I want. Um, okay, then I, I think he's smoking a cigar at the party, right? Or pussy is pussy, pussy smoking is. a cigar. At it's like a cigarillo, but yeah. Somebody is smoking a cigar. Then wants a cigar. I want a cigar. I want a cigar. I want a grill with my bros. I just want to have a good time. Aww. You know. Dudes being dudes. Dudes rock. That's better than so. Dudes rock. <laughs> That's what I want in my mouth. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, who was your stand of the week, Rachel? Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Uh, you I said get, you had two pages of notes. You I didn't do. write down a stand. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, I did the thing where I, like, literally, I, like, wrote down the themes. I was like, trust, forgiveness, da 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 um, I think I'm going to say that my stand of the week is... <clears throat> it's got to be Syl, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. First of all, great outfits. Amazing suits, always buttoned mm-hmm. down to, like, the sternum. And then, also, <laughs> he does this ridiculous bit in oh, his yeah. buddy when Big Pussy comes back. And it's very bad, but his friends <laughs> fucking love it. And I I love that for him. Like, I love for him that his friends just, like, think he's hilarious. Because that's the reaction I want from my when I perform for them. So, that's me. Yeah. Sil does his famous, uh, just when I thought they were out. Well, just when I thought I, <laughs> thought was, I was out. out they pulled oh, me back in. That's Pacino and Godfather. He's so cute. Uh, and yeah, you do see him like trying on clothes in the opening montage. Yeah. And, and isn't he talking to someone like at the at the pool party or whatever and like some kid does like a cannonball like at the near him to get splashed. He's like, hey, what the hell? Oh, I might have missed that. But yeah, that sounds <laughs> right. so good. Who do so you ra- stand, Ben? In this episode, uh, as I'm sure you all could have picked up on, I stand Melfi. Um, you know, for... You know, for correctly, this is another one of those episodes, another one of those stands that I have where somebody uses her uh, screen time very efficiently, our mm-hmm. character does. And, you know, she's she's very clear, very upfront with Tony. She's very, uh, very serious. And she makes a lot of excellent points. Um, and, uh, you know, she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care. I don't care. You are a destructive force in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm not bringing you on and I'm not going to foist you upon any of my colleagues. So. Fuck off. I can't imagine that um, we will ever see her again, and that'll be it for Melfi. Um, <laughs> something tells me that I'm wrong. Never- serious rap on Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. No, I bet you um, I bet you that's not long 
the policy is not in place for long, but uh, I'm glad she puts her foot down and makes her intentions known. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I had uh, Melfi as my first stand. So I agree with you, Ben, for all the reasons said, but my backup stand, of course, got to go with my girl, Carm. Uh, she does a lot of good work this episode. She's trying to get Tony back into therapy Mm-hmm. Um, and pointing out to him when he's being ridiculous and um, and out of control, uh, and she's also trying to get that back blown out. And yeah. so, for, so I stand <laughs> that exasperated sigh. Not very supportive. I mean, <laughs> something tells me that even the when they do have the rare intercourse, it's not back blown out. Set. So I'm just. But she's, Trying to get that back out. I guess. Someone hits the Sankarma Hitachi. I bet you Tony hits the back walls for sure. Tony's gonna leave. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think oh! Rachel's quitting the podcast. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, so yeah, so I stay I stay in Carm <laughs> primarily because of all the good work trying to get there Tony back. <laughs> yeah, and she's also very loving to Tony. You know, she puts on a very lovely, uh, very lovely picnic, very lovely uh, party, and um, you know, she's she drops what she's doing when Tony comes home in the middle of the day to to give him a happy little lunch, happy big ass lunch. She seems very miserable during it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so now uh, every week we do the dialectic where we pick. Uh, it's not how dialectics works. Uh, uh, read about dialectics, um, but it's our. Uh... <laughs> That's the best uh, intro to it yet, dude. Just fucking read dialectics. We're gonna do dialectics. It's not dialectics, but we're gonna do this thing. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a thing where we pick the thesis, something that we like, the antithesis, something that we didn't like, and the uh, synthesis, something that we love. That's not really how dialectics works, but it's close enough for union work. Um, uh, Rachel, what was your dialect? Or Ben, what was your dialect? I think I I can do it. I think. Um, I believe in you. Okay, thank you. Um, Something that I really like was... Uh, there was a little a little fail son moment where everybody comes over to the house for the the picnic or whatever, and AJ everyone's like hugging each other, greeting each other, and AJ covers his ears and he's just like so over it. Um, and I thought that was a very cute. I think AJ had some like good little cute uh, camera moments this episode, and I loved when he he like basically wants everyone to shut up, even though yeah. like everyone's having a nice time and getting to together for the first time in a while. He's over it. Janice is like screaming. About, like, <laughs> yeah. ah! Daddy, I'm <laughs> and, yeah. and AJ just the most like dramatic way he can. He's like, shut up. <laughs> right. Um, something that I didn't like. Um, well, I'll I'll use this as a brain poisoning moment um okay. <laughs> uh which i think is is like the antithesis or whatever anyway uh there's a brain poison moment where some the guy uh philly or or whoever it is that kills philly mm-hmm. says that boston is quote like granton with clams yeah and i've been to scranton um I don't think Boston is like Scranton at all in any way. Uh, so <laughs> that that's one thing. I, I think that was like a really fucking weird line, uh, kind of a throwaway line. And then what I loved uh, was the introduction of more family. Like the fact that 
we get to meet both of Tony's sisters this episode, and we get the setup that uh, Janice is going to essentially be like a key player in the the first bit of the season, and how we're going to get to see all these ways that like Tony is navigating, uh, like dealing with his mother and now with his sister and all his issues with women that come from both of those people. So excited. I think it was a really good app. Right on. Ben, what was your dialect? So this is a, uh, I, I like the uh, the montage. Uh, I, I thought it was a very good explanation for what's been going on. I like the choice of the Frank Sinatra uh, song uh, to sort of explain, you know, what I, I think is going to become uh, a motif in this, or maybe a theme rather, uh, but this idea of what do we do now that we're all aging? Uh, what, what, how are we going to uh, assume the, you know, the, the role of being the elders in our family once we have people taking care of us? And, and we've seen Tony respond to that role pretty negative the first season, and he's already off to a miserable start in the second. He's got, you know, family coming in to see if they can help with that. So I, I, I liked that. Um, I like that. Uh, something I didn't like in this episode, uh, I did not like the, um, the abuse of Adriana. I think Chris is canceled. Chris, uh, not a very, not a very good uh, episode for Chris at all. I think every time he darkened the the doorway of my television screen, I think he was doing something that I didn't fucking like. And so, mm-hmm. um, not a good episode, buddy. Get your shit together. Stop beating that woman who is way too fucking good for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. So anything, something that I loved about this episode. This was a fantastic uh, opening. Sp- episode for a season um it 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 sort of um it answers some of the questions that we had from the close of the last season and it also um <clears throat> sets up a whole bunch of different storylines for us to, to follow and it introduces a lot of new characters so, and i think that it's a it's a very uh, very skillful uh Natural use of an opening episode for a season very good I tend to agree with you and that's why uh, my thesis for this week was that I liked the table setting and intros uh, in this uh, episode. Um, mm-hmm. We do. Uh, I'm just going to piggyback right off of you. Uh, we get a lot of table setting about like pussies back. Uh, uh, so that sets the table for the, the rest of the season on that. Um, that Chris, uh, we see what he's up to with the stock scheme and also um, his heroin problem. Um, and we intro Janice and, uh, it's, it's a very workmanlike episode. Like it's, it's very much just, um, setting up a lot of pieces. Um, but something that I didn't like is that even though it's doing all of that, uh, and this will maybe mirror my critique of Mad Men beginning of our <laughs> podcast episode, is that nothing really happens. It's not really set up like what we're still tying up a lot of loose ends from last season in terms of the war on Junior's, um, Junior's crew. Uh, and we, we haven't really established what the big conflict is going to the rest. So I didn't like that. But otherwise, uh, it's, it's a very good ep that worked very well for a season opener. Um, And then what I love from the season, I was hoping that nobody would take Melfi as my stand because this also mirrors my stand of the week, but I do love Carm trying to help Tony uh, and get Tony back in therapy. I think that um, again, uh, something that I, I said a lot during the first season uh, is that Carm is like the best thing in Tony's life. And this uh, first episode continues to reinforce that, um, that she is looking out for him and trying to take care of him. So 
All right, fans, uh, dear listeners, that was our dial- that was our dialectic for the week. Uh, so, Rachel, you said you had like two pages of notes. <laughs> Do you have any like closing thoughts or anything that we, we should make sure that we cover here? We did sort of mention the um, the class analysis, the class differential differential here between yeah. Janice and Tony. Um, and how that's that's aggravated their their relationship as siblings um, is aggravated by the fact that he has so much and she has so little yeah um, class antagonism you know laid bare there um, I want to make sure that we get that kind of stuff into our leftist I podcast don't, ugh, unfortunately but. I don't have any of that good shit I just I, I saw like what you were talking about there's a lot of stuff set up here in this episode that's gonna, I think, uh, pave the way for a lot of character development for Tony. So like the fact that with Melfi, Tony is being told no in a way that like he's probably never been told no before and really not had, uh, there's no recourse for him right now. Exactly. Um, so you can't ex- beat her into, right. threaten her into giving him therapy. Like right. he knows that's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's okay. Yeah, and I, like, was thinking a lot about um, how I'm sure that the themes of, like, trust and forgiveness are going to come back full circle because now we're seeing, like, Tony and Big Pussy are trying to trust each other again. And what does that look like? And how do you forget? How does Tony forgive his mother? How does Tony forgive his sister? How does Tony forgive Pussy? We're going to see. But really, most of the notes I had were about the clothing. So, like, Tony's <laughs> sexy little boxer shorts at the beginning. Uh, Carmela is wearing that fabulous mint green outfit while they go look at Livia's house. Adriana has the salmon uh, outfit that she wears to visit Chris in the office. Ooh, so those, uh, of course, were my main observations. I will say one that, that stuck, out, stuck out. Stuck out. Stuck out. Cool. I'm doing really well. <laughs> One that stuck out to me is uh, at the very end when Carm is cooking the giant bowl of pasta. She has on some salmon-colored pants that are not especially well fitted. It was it stuck out yeah, to me as like a brain poison. They're very um, they, they made her look like she had a very not very pleasing backside. A big old big old chunky butt, but like not a, butt. not a bubble. But, yeah. yeah, like not in a good way. Yeah, like a a weird mom butt. Yeah. Um. Nineties. Now mom we know butt. that we know that Edie Falco's got that bomb figure because she <laughs> made Stanley Tucci cheat on his wife. Hold on, we didn't know that. <clears throat> you <laughs> well. Okay, well, that's what happened. Yeah, Stanley Tucci left his wife for Edie Falco, and then like I didn't know that the Tucci is <laughs> oh, yeah. loose. The Tucci is loose, baby. All right. Well. <laughs> Who was horniest this episode was the Tooch. Stanley Tucci. Good night, nurse. All right. I had, a, I had something nurse that um, that doesn't really fit into anything that I uh, that I wanted to you know sort of keep an eye on, and it's something that I recognized uh, back in episode ten of season one. Uh, a hit is a hit. Where it, it dawned on me, well, it probably should have dawned on me much earlier, but like these people don't do anything. Like they don't, they don't get their money from the provision of any any legitimate service. They don't get their, you know, they don't make anything. Yeah. They don't like, and obviously they're fucking mafia bosses or whatever. But it's like you know, just it, it it's such a drag watching them get caught up, you know, making their money by ripping off old in this episode. Like that's, yeah. you know, and and that sucks, and I fucking hate it. And uh, they, like, I'm excited for them to actually get into a business. 
business. Like I liked it when they, they got into the, uh, the hotel business. Yeah. Um, like that was cool, but I make a I prediction. Mean, go for it. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Oh no, wait, no, we have to wait till the next episode. Cause okay. I think that's when it comes. I'm going to write. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely more to say about it in that episode as well, but it's just like, it's like, you guys are fucking creepy. You know, you're just the worst fucking people on the planet, just ripping off old people. There's a special place in hell for y'all. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is, is we've got a, we've got another uh, Christian theme in, in this episode, which is something that Rachel was talking about, which the, uh, the forgiveness. Mm. And, um, you know, and this will come up again in the next uh, episode as well. But um, Tony is pretty hell bent on never forgiving his mother, who may or may not have been operating with a full deck of cards when she made all of her decisions or when she didn't make her decisions to have Tony whacked. Still don't know. But nevertheless, he's still going to he's not even going to um, interrogate why he has those feelings. He's just going to going to continue hating this woman for no reason. And I think that yeah. might be a reason for him to go back to therapy. It'd be a reason for him to look inward. Uh, but Either way, man, Tony, you fucking suck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this Justin, Tony Soprano, kind of suck. Yeah. He's a bad character. He's a great character. He's, He's just a, a bad character. person. Bad, bad man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, what's well, the next episode called? Uh, next uh, on the podcast, we will be talking about season two, episode two, Do Not Resuscitate. Um, hmm. Which originally premiered, I don't know, I'm just looking at it. Originally premiered January 23rd, 2000. Uh, so we were bringing in the new millennium. Wow. Um, wow, so we're still pre-9-11, huh? <clears throat> we are still pre-9-11. And you know that because uh, when Tony drives in, in the opening, uh, the opener, you still see the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. Will that change in later seasons? I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can find out with us uh, every week. Uh, Gabagool and Roses, the only and best left of Sopranos podcast. So until next week, when we will be talking about Do Not Resuscitate, please wash your hands, take your medicine, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. We love you. Love you. Love you.
I have to make coffee or I'm going to die. Go for it. Okay.